All right, let's talk about what's going on in the medical system right now. Uh, the president of the OMA, the Ontario Medical Association, joins the show. Dr. Sohail Gandhi is our guest. Welcome to the show, doctor. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, there are a lot of people that are extremely stressed out. You know, today I was talking to somebody in Milan, and I was saying that if we don't, you know, flatten the curve right now, here in Ontario and here in Canada and North America, we're pretty much where the Italians were about 10 days ago. So it's very important that we are uh, smart about the way we social distance and about self-isolating if we're sick. But just for people that are worried about their health, what are the symptoms of COVID-19? And Hello? Yeah, you were just breaking up there. Let's start again. My apologies. One of the issues we're having is the symptoms of COVID-19 are so similar to other viral illnesses, a cough or running fever, muscle aches, and it's it's oftentimes very hard to tell the difference. Okay, you're, because your phone cut out again, I want to go back. It's a cough, runny nose, fever, muscle aches are some of the uh, symptoms of COVID. That's correct. And so it's very similar to the symptoms of other common viral illnesses like the flu, which, of course, we're still towards the tail end of flu season. And it can be very hard to tell the difference between these two viral illnesses. And therefore, our recommendation is that if you have symptoms that are compatible with the viral illness and if they're mild symptoms, stay at home, get lots of rest, um, practice social isolation, drink lots of fluids and get better uh, at home. But, I mean, who should be tested then? Because I would assume that isn't it better that you get tested because people live with people and that's a reality. So they're going to self-isolate. But the people they're around, if they're not tested for COVID-19, might go about doing their business. Uh, You're right. And that's why we're suggesting that everyone who has a viral illness isolate until they're at least 24-hour symptom-free. Okay, what does self-isolation look like? Self-isolation means staying at home, uh, getting people to get your groceries for you. It doesn't mean just staying locked up in a room. I mean, you can sit on your patio. You can avoid contact with other people as best as possible. Um, That's what self-isolation looks like. Okay, and back to the testing. And so the testing at this point in time is reserved for people who are high risk. And so a high risk person would be someone who's traveled to a country where there is a lack of containment of COVID-19. It would be someone who has particularly severe symptoms. So you're at the point where you're short of breath and you're having trouble breathing. Um, It would be for people who are close contacts of of other people who are known to be positive for COVID-19. So those people are high risk and they certainly should get tested. And I believe the Public Office of Health has made sure that the testing will be available for those people. All right. We're hearing a a story here. Uh, Actually, I want to, before I get to the story we're hearing, I want to ask you this, because I heard some guy in the grocery store while I was shopping this weekend say, uh, well, it's just like the flu. People are still comparing this to the flu. And his his, um, next comment was, and the flu kills more people. So why and how is COVID-19 more serious at this point than the flu? So at this point, it does appear, the early evidence was that it was similar The more recent evidence, because we learn about this more and more as time goes on, is that it's actually, unfortunately, potentially between four to six times more deadly than the flu. 
uh, if you get it. Now, we're very fortunate because we have very few cases in Canada because all of the measures that have been taken by the government have been have, have had an effect. We've got a relatively few number of people who've got this, um, and that's why we need to continue to take measures. But it does appear to be more deadly, uh, particularly in our seniors' population, particularly in those who are over age 65. All right, we're talking with the president of the OMA, and as the president of the Ontario Medical Association, you have to make sure that you take care of your members. We're hearing some disturbing news here. Uh, One thing that we heard from one of our news reporters was a downtown doctor who returned to Canada was told that she shouldn't self-isolate but instead return to work. Uh, You know, these are reports that we're hearing. Uh, They're not going on on camera with this, but, you know, what are you advising medical uh, staff to do? Yeah, so we've made a very clear recommendation to all of our members that they should self-isolate if they've traveled outside of Canada, and they should self-isolate for 14 days. And we've been working cooperatively with the government to bring in what are called virtual care codes. So what patients across Ontario will start to see, uh, starting today, I would think, is um, an enhanced level of virtual care being provided. The virtual care could be phone call care, It could be care by video conferencing, uh, but we're going to start seeing more and more of that because we've advised our our physicians to stay at home, but just because they're from home, because of the technology that's available now, they can still provide care to some of their patients through these virtual means. Yeah, I understand that you were working with the Ministry of Health on a virtual walk-in clinic. What would that look like? How long would it take? So that virtual walk-in clinic is something separate. That's only for people who contact telehealth. I'm talking about your own family physician or your own specialist now has access to the ability to provide care to you virtually as well. So someone who knows you, who knows your medical history, and can provide a more specific level of care to you and a more uh, tailored level of care to your needs. How would we know how to access that? What would we do? The simplest thing that you, that most patients are going to start to find now is when they call their physician's office for an appointment, they're going to start getting screened for COVID-19. The receptionist will um, ask certain questions. And you may be asked at that point saying, okay, well, the doctor can't see you because of your history, but the doctor will call you or the doctor will set, set up a, vid, uh, a virtual visit with you. And people who have non-essential medical issues will be asked to defer their visit. So in my office, for example, mm-hmm. if you're just coming in for what's called a periodic health check, yep. uh, we're calling all those patients saying, listen, just wait three months, please, because we have to deal with this situation right now. What about prescription renewals? Because I, uh, funnily enough, my mom was going in. She's in a high-risk category to see her doctor today uh, to get a prescription refilled. And I said, no, tell them to call it in. And what do you advise your uh, members do in that situation? Yeah, and that's where it's really important for our our members know the patients really well. So I know the patients in my practice well, just like every family doctor knows patients in their practice. And it may be a situation, I don't know your mom at all, but if she has multiple medical problems, it may still be essential for the doctor to see her, in which case she'll have the screening, and if it's appropriate, she'll see uh, the family doctor. She doesn't really have any pre-existing, not to get too personal, but it's uh, this was an age-related thing. So I'm like, Mom, you're too old. Don't waste your time going in. Tell them to call it in. What are you telling your doctors and your members to do? Are you telling them to do prescription renewals via the phone? Yeah, absolutely, if appropriate. Because remember, everyone's different. I'm happy your mom doesn't have many issues. There may be some people who do. 
if appropriate, absolutely, we should be doing this by phone, and the codes are available now, so physicians can continue to provide that care. All right. A doctor, a friend of uh, someone that contacted somebody in our news department, said they were on a conference call with her hospital last night, was told that healthy staff are encouraged to not to wear masks um, as they are running out. What are you hearing of medical professionals saying that they're running out of protective equipment? Yeah, and so we do need to... um, talks about the personal protective equipment. There are certain cases where it's absolutely essential to use them, and we need to make sure that the PPEs are being used appropriately. Uh, This particular virus, what we know of it, is that wearing a mask, particularly if you're healthy and you're walking around, I see people walking around the city with masks on, it does not make a difference, right? The virus is transmitted by touch, and it it gets on your hands, and then if you touch your eyes, your nose, or your mouth, that's how the virus gets into your system, which is why we're messaging people to wash their hands and don't touch your eyes, don't touch your nose, don't touch your mouth, right? Uh, So wearing a mask, if you're healthy, as a general rule, will make no difference. Where it is important is for our specialists who are in the COVID screening centers, for example, the, the ones that do exist, or for example, our anesthetists or some other specialists, where they come into direct contact with the patient's airways, that's where it's really important to wear the PPEs. And so it's important that we make sure that the supply is there for those cases where it's high risk. Are we running out of protective equipment in our medical facilities? Uh, So I'm not aware of any uh, shortages. I am aware of the fact that some people are asking for them where the need may not be there. And I believe there's some announcements coming out about a better policy in terms of how to handle requests for PPEs sometime in the near future. Uh, Speaking of announcements, on Sunday, uh, the Ontario Medical Association said that all non-essential care and elective surgery will be temporarily put on hold as the province directs its efforts towards battling COVID-19. What are elective uh, surgeries? So this is an area that requires, again, everyone's individual Uh, I'll use the example of gallbladder because it's it's an easy example that comes to my mind. If you've had one attack of gallbladder pain, you know it's miserable, it's awful, and you want your gallbladder out. But if it's only one attack in the past year, is that something that really has to get done right now? And the answer is probably no. Having said that, if you've had eight attacks in the past 10 weeks, you're really going to want your gallbladder out, and it's probably better to take the gallbladder out than go to the emergency every time you have an attack, right? So it's it's difficult because we're humans. We're not widgets. It's not like you can say this factory has a misalignment of the widget by 0.01% shut down that production line. Uh, we have to take our clinical judgment into account. But the reality is things that can be put off in a safe manner really should be put off in, uh, at this point in time. So this will be on a, a patient uh, case-by-case manner? This will be on a patient case-by-case using the judgment of the physician and discussing with the patient, just like the family practice office I was talking about. Uh, I'm going to judge whether I really need to see a patient today or whether I can put them off for three months while we deal with uh, this situation. Do we have a timeline for how long elective surgeries will be on hold for? We don't have a specific timeline as yet. I'm going to I'm going to say it's indefinite right now. As the president of the Ontario Medical Association, what is something that you hope that everybody listening uh, gets ingrained into their heads right now? So my biggest concern 
is that there is right now a lot of misinformation floating around online and through social media about COVID-19, uh, how to prevent it, uh, what treatments work. And, and, and frankly, some people who, who aren't following some of the guidelines that are issued. So my request to everyone in Ontario is that our other physicians, we're working on your behalf. We're trying to get you good information. We've put up a website called virusfacts.ca. And virusfacts.ca is updated regularly with the most up-to-date information on COVID-19. It's from your physicians to you. It's got uh, good scientific-based information, and I'd ask people to please refer to that instead of getting sources from, uh, from online, which may or may not be good. Dr. Gandhi, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I know that you are very busy as being the uh, president of the Ontario Medical Association right now, so thank you very much for your generous time today. You're welcome. Take care. All right. You too. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands.